Hey, welcome back to the self-improvement room. I'm Christy Davis, your host, and this is our final episode for this year. Can you believe 2023 is almost complete? Now, I thought I'd do something a little bit fun for our last episode, and that is to put together little snippets of all of our visits to the self-improvement room this year, just so you can listen to some of the little pieces of advice that I have put together for you guys throughout the year. Now, we will be returning on the 1st of February, 2024, taking a much needed break, but I wanted to come on here for the very, very last episode of 2023 and wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a wonderful Happy New Year. And to let you know that next year we are taking the podcast to a new level. So we've got lots of work to do on it before we come back in 2024. So if you've been listening throughout the year, thank you so much. And I hope something has resonated with you somewhere along the way. All right, I'm going to leave you with little snippets of all of our visits to the self-improvement room for 2023. Merry Christmas and I will see you back here on the 1st of February. Self-awareness is kind of like playing a video game. The aim is to get to know your character, what your character is thinking, how they are behaving and what they're feeling. So once you master that, you can move through the levels of the game with enough awareness to succeed and win the game. So by learning to become self-aware, you can learn to identify what triggers your emotions, how your beliefs and values shape your life experiences, and you can really start to break those patterns down and peel back those layers and slowly start changing who you are in the moment and start moving towards who you want to be. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, you don't have to be who you are today, tomorrow. The past is gone. The past doesn't matter. You can't change who you are. I can't change who I am. All I can do is extract the value that my past has given me and move forward with those new lessons. So your mindset, whether that's positive or negative, has a profound effect on your overall well-being. So where you choose to put your focus will determine how you feel. The way you feel is gonna determine the habits that you build and create, and that is going to determine your overall value, which means your mindset plays a really large part in shaping who you are. I'm telling you, intuition is the best guidance system that you could possibly ask for. And it's free. I mean, (laughs) that's a bonus. You don't have to pay for it. You just have to strengthen it. So I've been working really hard on my skills as a transformational coach, actually. So I've been working on my skill as a coach and I work on transformation. And the most valuable thing that I've learned in my job as a coach is to guide my client to their answer because the answer they already have within themselves. Now that was probably the hardest transition for me to make from music career coaching to personal development and transformative coaching. 
While genetics can influence your personality, your genetics are not the sole determining factor. And even though your environment, your experiences and your choices play a crucial role in shaping who you are, it's imperative that you realize that you have control over all of those. You're the one with the control. So like I said, social media absolutely has many benefits, but it's really crucial to acknowledge the potential harm that it can have on our kids. The negative impact on their self-esteem, the cyberbullying, the addiction and excessive screen time, and then those privacy concerns. They are all significant factors that make social media damaging for kids. To protect our kids, it's vital as parents and educators and as a society as a whole to promote responsible online behavior. The message is that no matter how much you are struggling right now, no matter how hard it is for you, no matter how lazy you feel, no matter how much of a failure you think you might be, my message is you're not. You are only who you think you are. And you can change that. And I only know that because I've done it. And I've helped others do it. And trust me when I say, if I can do it, anybody can do it. And I truly, truly believe that. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Our thoughts greatly impact our mental health. Our negative ones lead to feelings of anxiety and depression and hopelessness. And our more positive ones that we choose to entertain bring feelings of joy and happiness and contentment and hope. So it's really essential to be aware of the thoughts that we have because the ones that we breathe life into are literally what create our world. I prefer to use the word inspire. And I've had a lot of people who are inspirational in my life, but I got the power to be inspired. I got the power to make changes from myself at the end of the day. And that's the other reason why I no longer want to say that I want to help you guys. I don't want to help you. I just want to be there for you. And I just want to chat with you and give you all of the tools that I have that I've learnt along the way so you can help yourself and some of you might think holy shit I don't want to help myself I've tried and it doesn't work but what I've come to realize in these last few weeks especially is that we all have the same ability to help ourselves to guide ourselves and to find the answers within ourselves some of us just don't realize it and some of us just don't trust it so a system is a set of habits and routines that we follow on a regular basis with the aim of achieving a desired outcome. So the biggest difference or the key difference between a system and a goal is that a system focuses on the process rather than the outcome. Thoughts are just thoughts until you give meaning to them. Our life is created by our thoughts 100%. And if you are struggling to believe that or accept that, start paying attention to your own thoughts. Don't try to change them. Don't try to control them. Just leave some room for something new to come along. I can't help anybody else. 
or love anybody else or nurture anybody else if I haven't done that for myself. It's almost unfair to say or it's almost naive to say that you can love and care and be compassionate for somebody if you haven't been for yourself because how do you know what that looks or feels like? How do you know you're giving the most or the best that you have if you haven't done that for yourself? I always say to people, if if they're parents, I say, treat yourself how you would treat your children because they are watching you as they grow through life. And if you are hard on yourself and you don't fill your own cup and you don't love yourself and you bring yourself down, they learn that. And so does everybody else around you, your friends, your family, your co-workers. They will learn to treat you from the way you treat yourself. So let's first delve into the link between nutrition and brain health because what we eat has a profound impact on our brain health and even more, our mental health. And you may not realize that because it's not something that a lot of us track each day, but when you start to track what you eat and then track how you feel, you will notice a significant decline in your mental health when you don't eat brain healthy foods. Our minds are incredible instruments and they are capable of shaping our reality. And I talk about this a lot. Your thoughts create your world. Your thoughts create your reality. Where attention goes, energy flows. So whatever you are thinking, that's where your energy is heading. And that is what is creating your whole life. So if you have repetitive thoughts that are not good for you, that is what you are living over and over. You become trapped in a cycle of repetitive thoughts and it can feel like we're bound by handcuffs. You need to actively listen to your child. Encourage them to talk to you about their worries and fears and you need to validate their feelings. You can't say, well, you probably shouldn't be feeling like that because that's not up to you. That's not up to me. That's not up to us how they should be feeling. It's up to them and let them know that it's okay to feel anxious. A lot of parents, quite rightfully, don't want to encourage anxiety in their children but it is important for them to know that it's okay to feel this way because without knowing that it's okay to feel that way, they might feel guilty for feeling that way. And that can really start a cycle of feeling guilt, feeling more anxious and feeling really bad. And that really drops your self-worth or the self-worth of your child. So... By creating this positive mindset and fostering this healthy, these healthy conversations and setting realistic expectations and prioritizing you as a person, so your self-love, can really give your children the foundation that they need to strive and to succeed. So just be mindful of the power of your words and actions when you're guiding them into their future because you have so 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 much more power than you realize and you can do so much good or you can do so much damage so please please be mindful i'm very mindful of not telling people to be positive 
But what I do suggest or encourage is to strive for positivity bias, which means in most situations, you will reach for the positive rather than the negative. You will look for the positive rather than the negative. And that's what positivity bias means. So by prioritizing our mental health and our emotional well-being, we will then have the ability to offer positive energy to everybody around us. And I am very mindful of being that positive energy around people. So if they want to talk about bullying and how they feel, then it's really important that you put everything down and you actively listen to them so they understand that their feelings are valid and you understand them. You can also encourage, or you should encourage open communication. So create an environment where your child feels comfortable or your partner feels comfortable to discuss their feelings and experiences. Let them know that they can always come to you for support without fear, without judgment, or retribution. You are not there to punish them. You are not there to scare them or judge them. You are there only to love and protect them. That is how we create or encourage open communication. Kids really need to not be on social media, but if they are, they really need to be limited and families and friends and teachers and schools need to have these conversations to educate kids on what is real and what is achievable and attainable compared with what is not real and what we shouldn't be looking up to. You just have to remember that the opinions of others should never define who you are. It should never define your path. What matters most is your own belief in yourself and your ability to pursue your passions. Embrace your uniqueness, be resilient in the face of challenges, and then step forward every time into a fulfilling and successful career. You need to focus on your job responsibilities and always strive to deliver your best work. Now, I know that sounds really difficult and it can be if you let it. But again, perception is everything. We want to avoid engaging in negative gossip or participating in any of those kind of office politics if that is what happens in your workplace because you are setting yourself up for failure. Changing your habit for anything is difficult, especially if it's a habit you enjoy or it's a habit that is so ingrained that it has become who you are. And because we've been living with our thoughts since we were born, there's a really good chance that our habits around our thought process or our thought processes is really ingrained. And that is why it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication and commitment to changing the way that you think. And I need to make sure that I take the opportunity to get quality sleep. Quality sleep is needed for our brains to recover, for me to be okay mentally, for me to be okay emotionally and even physically. So sleep is, is a really, really big thing. 
So as I said, make a list, write down small things you can do to get there and then take one of the steps from the list and just do one small thing from that list regularly. You'll be very, very surprised at how quickly those things add up and completely change your life. I just turned around one day and saw a completely new life. I really didn't recognize the person that I used to be. The other thing I did was really, I wasn't scared to dream big. I was to begin with, because I was like, well, I'll fail. <laughs> I'll fail, I won't be able to do that. But again, more work on self-belief and that started to change. And then I started to imagine how I want things to be. So set those small goals break big dreams into smaller parts and stay open and ready for changes along the way. I've never seen so many people actually put in the work to make significant changes like these barefoot investor people have. It was incredible. It was like a little kind of cult, but I soon worked out why. And it was because it was really so simple and so effective. Mind you, <laughs> with my brain, I still listened to the book six times. And I say listened because I bought the audio version. So from then until now, my husband and I have paid out all of our debt, bought a brand new car uh, with cash, <laughs> paid out our credit cards, paid out pretty much all, well, all of our debt and then started saving. And we saved a house deposit while still going away four times to America. So the idea of presenting different sides of yourself isn't really a new concept. I think throughout history, we've worn masks for various reasons. And that can be to fit in with societal norms. We can do it to impress others or to protect ourselves from rejection. When you take time out for yourself, you're a better person. Self-care makes you a better person. It allows you to come back to your family, relaxed, rejuvenated, ready to help them take on their battles because your cup is full. But if you keep running your cup until it is empty, you cannot give from an empty cup. So that's why it's so important to love who you are, to love yourself. It's okay to ask for help and to lean on others during tough times. So many of us just think we can do it by ourselves or think we should do it by ourselves. I don't think that's the case at all. I couldn't do everything that I've done by myself. And trust me, I think I'm superwoman, I really do. I think I live the life of three or four people, but it's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for you. You need to ask for help and it's okay to ask for help. So that's my tip number one. That's the first thing that I would change if I went back. I'd be more vulnerable and I'd be more open to asking for help and I would be kinder to myself. I'd have more compassion. I think it's okay to get it wrong. I just think it's even more important to continue to grow and learn from that. As I said, it is about self-compassion. I think we really have to start learning to forgive, learning to forgive ourselves. Uh, gosh, it seems like it's an impossible task for most people. 
And I can understand that, but if I made a mistake, you would tell me that it was okay and you'll grow from it. But if you made the same mistake, you may not be doing that. So that's something to really consider how you treat yourself. When you uncover all of the stuff that you uh, didn't do as well as you could have, it is important to be kind. And I forgot that and it really hurt. By establishing boundaries, you aren't excluding or detaching, but it's really this profound expression of self-compassion and empathy for both people, for you and whoever you're putting that boundary in place for. So what we want to do is by putting these boundaries in place, we want to protect our own well-being. So setting boundaries means recognizing your own limits and your own needs. Your relationship with your ex-partner is a completely different relationship with him as a co-parent. Co-parenting is not the same as being together. So you must start again in a different type of relationship. And if you or especially your co-parent is incapable of doing that, then you need to look at it as a business agreement. And that is not what you want to aspire to. You really want to be able to be in a co-parenting relationship that is harmonious. But again, if it's not, you need to make it as harmonious as possible on your side because there are some severe consequences for emotional dysregulation. Failing to manage your emotions can have detrimental effects on your child and the overall co-parenting relationship. But again, open communication and active listening once you suspect your child is dealing with anxiety, is going to really benefit your child. You need to create a safe space. So let your child know that you're here for them and you're here to listen and to support them. Creating a safe environment where they feel comfortable to share their feelings and concerns can really be the difference between life and death. And that might sound really heavy, but it's meant to because anxiety can really cause a lot of trouble in your child's life, uh, a lot of trouble with their mental health and their overall well-being. So making sure that you've got a safe space for your child so that they know they are supported so that you can listen to them actively and communicate with them can really make an incredible difference in their life. The mind is very, very resilient and ready to grow. Every person's journey though to better mental health is unique and it really is shaped by your experiences that you have in your life and your individual needs. There is no one size fits all approach to mental well-being and I think sometimes that's the mistake that I've made when I've tried to help people through their journey people in my family and friends I probably shouldn't be helping them at all that's probably the first first thing I'm doing wrong but it's got to be their journey so you can lead a horse to water you know the saying or I like to say you know you're finding yourself in the middle of the ocean and you have to swim back and I can swim with you, but I can't do the swim for you. That took me a long time to learn. 
prolonged exposure to negativity increases stress and anxiety levels. Worrying about past failures or future uncertainties can be completely debilitating. We need to learn to live in the moment, not in the past, not in the future, in the moment. And we have to appreciate what we have now, not what we might have had or what we have never had or what we might never have. Today is the day that we are living and we need to make that as positive as we can. I find that we're looking for that magic solution to transform our lives overnight. The promise of rapid change is, trust me, it's tempting. That is how I live my life. I'm looking for rapid change, rapid results. But the truth is, lasting change is a journey. It's not something that you can just tick off your bucket list. It requires commitment, consistency, and really a profound understanding that change is not a destination. It's an ongoing process. So when in the professional world, the fear of shining too brightly often comes from a desire to maintain that harmonious relationship with colleagues. And that can actually be a form of imposter syndrome and again can lead to feelings of inadequacy, stress and missed opportunities in your career as well. So feelings of inadequacy and stress, they can lead to mental health issues. It is so important that within your workplace, you can feel comfortable to achieve. That's what you are there for. I guarantee your boss wants you to achieve and shine as brightly as you can. If they don't, then there is a problem with your boss. Now, here's the very, very hardest thing. And this is why we struggle so much. It is important to practice feeling uncomfortable because when you set and you enforce boundaries, it's going to quite often require you to step outside of your comfort zone, sometimes way out. It can be really uncomfortable saying no, especially especially when you are used to saying yes out of fear or people-pleasing tendencies. It's crucial to remember though that feeling temporarily uncomfortable is far better than feeling resentment long-term. When you stand up for your boundaries and make decisions that prioritize your well-being, you get to claim that self-respect. You get to live your life knowing that it is spent doing what you want. All right, please stay safe and stay well.